0: Hi, listeners, I'm Irene Barton, executive director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about mental health and well-being topics. Today, we are delighted to welcome Andy Goldstrom to our program. For much of his career, Andy was an entrepreneur and successful business person. Building and selling businesses and inspiring employees was his passion. But when his younger daughter, Audrey, entered her teenage years and struggled emotionally and academically, his focus needed to change. So Andy started working more locally and partnered with his wife, Lori, to find local solutions. When this proved unsuccessful, he and his wife elected to send Audrey for help by going to wilderness therapy and then residential treatment programs. During that time, Andy and Lori invested in parent coaching to grieve together, forgive one another, and align together to communicate with Audrey. The coaching created a monumental shift in their marriage and relationship with Audrey. Since then, Andy has become a certified parent coach. In this role, he provides individual coaching for parents who want to make lasting changes for themselves and their children. His practice called Parents Journey Coaching is based here in Cobb County and is available for parents both in person and virtually. Andy, welcome to our podcast. And first of all, thank you so much for being so transparent about the journey that your family has traveled. Where would you say that you and your wife and your daughter are right now on that journey?
1: Well, um, thanks a ton for having me on your podcast. Really honored to to be here. And uh, and it's important for me to want to be transparent because that's what has helped me. uh, It's cathartic for me, and Mm -hmm. it also has kind of been an attraction for me in that so many other people are experiencing mental health issues themselves or with their children. And so it's a way for people to feel like there's a sense of community and that people can understand. And it's what led me to parent coaching. So um, on our journey, we're actually in a pretty good place right now. Good. Yeah, Audrey, she lives at home with us. Okay. Um, She's working and she has some good friends she hangs out with who were pretty good influences on her. Um, But most importantly, uh, I think she's matured a bit. She's 21 now and is taking responsibility for both her happiness and her actions. We're not responsible for her happiness and we can't be responding to her not being happy. She's got to be responsible for that. So there's been a a shift and it's been good. It isn't all rosy. However, she totaled her car in December.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We've all been in accidents as younger yeah. people. She, 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 it wasn't a bad accident, but but her car was older, so it, the, the the amount of damage exceeded the value.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was expensive and a time consuming issue, but it wasn't you know that big a deal. But she had perspective, and she still has her moments where life does seem like a struggle. Um, but she does have that perspective, and also a therapist she continues to work with um and and so she's doing okay and we're doing okay yeah, yeah.
0: great I'm glad to hear it and you have said a couple of things that really resonated with me one is that we don't want people to feel like they're alone on this journey right like they're the only parents that are having an, an issue and I think so often parents and caregivers they look at all of the um, fabulous vacations and the fancy dinners and everything that their peers are experiencing on social media. And it's so easy to be feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm the only one that's feeling this way. I must, there must be something wrong with me or my parenting skills because this is where I am. This is where we are. And that's not where it seems like everybody else is.
1: No, there was certainly a stigma with mental health, long before Facebook came around or, or any other social media, it's just gotten worse. And so people feel lost and, and uh, you know, there are a lot of critical decisions that are often very expensive and time sensitive Mm
0: -hmm. that
1: need to occur. And if you have nowhere to turn, you know, uh, to talk to people very easily or find information, it it becomes hard and Google isn't the answer.
0: No, no, exactly. Mm -hmm. So Um, okay, so you have kind of um, teed us up nicely for our conversation. So we have parents and I'm a parent of two young adults, um, children myself. uh, And then we have children slash young adults. And sometimes as we agreed, it seems to work just fine. But sometimes it doesn't. And is it anyone's fault? That's probably a question that you get asked pretty early on in the process. I'm sure when parents and caregivers come to you, Um, and I'm sure those folks, those parents and caregivers, they're emotionally exhausted, right? They're probably angry, probably have a whole host of feelings and emotions wrapped up um, with that. So can you talk about where you start with the families that come to you?
1: Sure. Sure. Well, most families who come to me are, you know, in an uncomfortable situation. They don't have to be in crisis, but they're not, it's not working. Their family unit is not working. Mm -hmm. And often um, the world word fault or blame is part of it. There's a communication breakdown. Somebody's wrong or they think that somebody's wrong. And at the end of the day, it's not about being who's right or who's wrong. It's how how can we all get along and just um, try and, make our way through through life a little bit more harmoniously and I certainly hear you about being emotionally exhausted my wife had been there multiple times not Mm -hmm. just with Audrey but we have an older daughter Ah. who's a who's uh 26 and she's wonderful Mm -hmm. she's she's on the spectrum so she's got her executive functioning issues and and things like that that we've had to deal with but the word word fault is a really bad word And no one's ever, no one's really at fault here. There's Mm -hmm. no blame to spread around. And and the reason is because most parents don't want to have their children to be emotionally exhausted. And they do their best within their situation with the tools that they have. Mm -hmm. So, but most don't know, most parents don't really understand how to empower their children. They just Mm -hmm. kind of smother them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. just want to protect them um take away all the bad and and then all kinds of things can happen with that right
1: that's right so you know um they rescue them or they try and help them and they think they're doing the right thing but they're causing more harm than good sometimes so you know instead of empowering your kids what you do is you um
0: maybe, maybe, maybe enable them or you
1: enable them. And what ends up happening is you end up arguing and fighting about it. And you're thinking you're guiding them and protecting them and therefore helping them. So most, um, children and young adults don't want to behave badly. You know, parents think my kid's behaving badly. What's wrong with them? What, why can't I fix this?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But, But really all these young children and young adults They just struggle when they feel as if they don't have control and support. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it could be with relationships. There's a lot of peer pressure could be with school and academics or other issues where they struggle and then find themselves in some kind of trouble. And parents run into trouble because they focus on the behavior, not the cause of the behavior.
0: Ah, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: So. As a parent coach, I help parents empower their children so they feel heard and more empowered. Within reason where boundaries are still set, they can make their own choices and enjoy the benefits or face the consequences. So rather than having an ongoing power struggle, they can learn and grow and become regulated and more independent. And so here's a small example.
0: Okay, great.
1: Um, You know, a lot of parents, when they get upset with their child, their child was caught doing drugs or their or their child was, uh, you know, blew a curfew or didn't do well in school or did something rather than confronting your child at home when they walk in the door, what were you doing or why? You know, Mm -hmm. why? Why? You know, why didn't you listen to me? Um, You know, when you're doing that, you're you're exerting your authority and you're and you're trying to control your kid. Mm -hmm. And that's not what the kids don't respond to that. So rather than doing that, it's better to spend some time with your child in a place that they feel more comfortable, maybe in a park, maybe going out for ice cream, you know, maybe going to a movie, maybe just having a, you know, maybe just grabbing a snack somewhere or something like that, uh-huh. where you're enjoying one another's company and when the issue can be brought up where the child feels like they're in more control. Okay. They're on their own turf. They're doing something they enjoy. Mm -hmm. They're willing to, their guard is down a little bit. And then you can, as long as you bring it about in a proper fashion, it's a much more effective tool to be able to do that.
0: Right. A lot less confrontational and more conversational. um, And then hopefully with some resolution.
1: Right. I mean, every parent that I deal with as a parent coach says, I want my kid to be able to come to me and talk to me so that I can help them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, then why do you keep throwing boulders in the way? <laughs> yeah. like, why do you, you know, why do you keep, why do you keep creating barriers that prevent that kind of communication? You need mm-hmm. to, you need to get over that. Cause that's not, that's not the way it helps.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as you said, the example of, you know, opening the door or um, opening the garage door when the curfew has been um, not adhered to or whatever, and you're just, the words are flying out of your mouth and you're so angry, of course, a child's not going to want to come to you in other situations. Right. Cause that's the image of mom or dad. They um, they're going to confront me and it's going to be an argument from the get go. So.
1: Yeah, and they prejudge me before anything had, happens.
0: Yeah. I had the opportunity to explain that, you know, I had to take so-and-so home or you know, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: My daughter came home a little bit later than she was intending to. So we were a little worried about her. Mm -hmm. It ended up that there was a fatal car accident on 75 and she got stuck in it for an hour.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So, you
0: know, what what was I
1: going to do? You know, what was I going to do? Yell at her for being, you know, you
0: know. Right. In something that was out of her control. Right. So, so Andy, I, I have this question asked of me a lot whenever we host um, like panel presentations or parent workshops, how do families know when there's really an issue? When should a family seek someone like you out? I mean, there's always the, you know, um, Bobby Joe's got a 70 on the test when really everybody was expecting an A or the blown curfew. There's always those little irritations between, um, and particularly teenagers and their caregivers. But when should a parent say, this really is not working. We need some sort of outside intervention here.
1: Sure. Well, you know, little irritations are going to occur all the time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? and, and,
0: we are and human so beings. You,
1: can't, you, you know, if you expect it to be everything to be up and to the right. never need to be smooth sailing even in the best of scenarios you're you're living in an alternate universe it just that's just not going to happen but um but you know you shouldn't wait till there's a crisis either before you try and get help and usually it's always about you know it's whether it's you know two adult partners who are married or dating whether it's parent and a child whether it's two children it's at the end of the day it's all about the communication and wanting to feel liked, control and and have control and feel supported and so uh, i tell parents they should read out reach out to me when parenting starts becoming too hard Mm. it's it's when it affects their marriage Mm -hmm. when all they talk about and think about are their kids issues
0: ah yeah
1: so so today's valentine's day for instance you know are 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 parents honoring their, their, their partners Mm -hmm. or, and if they do, are they going out and just talking about their kids or are they actually honoring each other? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. When, when, when you can't be married and enjoy each other's company because your kids struggles are too big, then you need help. And it's also when it affects other siblings, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, People forget about other siblings and how there's how they're affected when all the energy gets drawn to the to the child who's struggling. Right. Right. And they're not in a bubble and immune to those challenges either.
0: Either. Yeah. I was thinking about that when you mentioned your older daughter. I mean, you and Lori, I'm sure, have had to be careful to not forget about her to make sure that she gets the the love and the attention and the support that she deserves during this journey that you've had
1: fortunately she was older and w- when it became a real problem she was already in college okay so it wasn't as direct but
0: mm-hmm.
1: but she could see the struggle
0: sure. no doubt
1: sure. and 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 uh and um without a doubt and then yeah. and then the last thing I wanted to add is is you know um you know I I can help when especially this is the hardest part is when parents struggle to accept their child for whom he, she, and now they, um, are because they haven't taken the path that the parents wanted for them. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you know what happens is, uh, you know, I want my, you know, my child's not an A student. So my, you know, my child is experimenting with his or her sexuality. My child is, um, um, you know, uh, not going to get to an Ivy League school, you know, and, and so they impose judgment on their child, which is unfair, and mm-hmm. and life is not linear, and so when that happens, people need help, because they need to have a, a, a better sense of, um, at the end of the day, you know, you became parents so that your children, you'd have children who were a vestige of you and can bring on the lineage you know continue the lineage of you and your family but it's also so that you can have a part of you that is happy and independent and their mm-hmm. version of happiness and independence may not be your version of happiness and yeah. independence right
0: right right so
1: yeah. you certainly have an influence over that but
0: sure absolutely yeah. So, Andy, as as we've talked about all these different scenarios, that's kind of like in all the regular times, right? And then we layer on this thing called a global health crisis, a pandemic on families. And so we all see and read about, um, in some cases, some really horrific things like increased um, abuse of drugs and overdoses. Um, Everyone's concerned about the learning loss from our youngest learners all the way up through college increased incidences of fighting in schools i've seen that on a very local basis here people of all ages are more anxious more on edge than ever before have have you seen that impact on the families that you support
1: yeah i you know i don't think any family hasn't been impacted in some way
0: yeah I mean, right
1: they're financially mental health, uh, physical health, if they got COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's had an impact everywhere and, um, and it's a tough balance between trying to balance the safety and trying to balance the connection. Right. And, and, and and we are a species that needs connection. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Right.
1: And so it's, it's kind of sad that, you know, one in three high school students now report persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, how are we, how can we expect our youth to move forward as if nothing has has been wrong in the past couple of years, our life has not been the same, you know,
0: right. right.
1: And, and rather than trying to go into the depths of acknowledging that it's been an issue because I think we can all accept that. The key thing for me is what, a, what do parents need to do to be alert to any issue that's causing distress as a direct result of the pandemic as opposed to something else?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And rather than um, rather than probing or yelling at your child or, uh, you know, blaming blaming something, Um, there are four, you know, pillars that parents can use and it's looking at their interest level, their energy level, their sleep and their appetite. So if you're, you know, with your child and you're realizing that they're not interested in anything anymore and they just want to withdraw, if they don't feel like going to school and they lack any energy whatsoever, if they're not sleeping well or they're not eating properly, um, you should be, you should flag that and see if it needs, you know, they may need some support or extra help because the pandemic issues ongoing certainly have an impact on that.
0: All right. Parents get your parent antennas up when you see one of those four pillars or, or more than one, definitely. All right. We've, we've talked about some pretty heavy things here. How about, um, leaving us or sharing some glimmer of hope um, with parents and caregivers out there, Andy?
1: Well, there's always hope. And, and, um, you know, I think if, if we hadn't addressed our situation with Audrey, given the spiral that she was in um, she might not be here right now. She didn't have the, yeah, she, she didn't have the coping mechanism. She was getting into trouble. Um, she wasn't listening to us and we weren't listening to her. We just cared about her safety and it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And so I hear so many stories about, you know, about parents who have gotten the right help, had the right attitude and the right mindset, work through things with kids and they've become, uh, you know, um, they've become resilient, you know, adults.
0: Yeah. And so, right.
1: and, and so it's not to say that they don't have they don't you know they don't for, they don't forget the struggle that they went through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one of the best things that ever happened was um, right after my daughter came out of residential treatment and she came home. She'd been away for a year. She interviewed for a summer job at a camp and told her story. She was transparent about it, and uh-huh. the camp director and and his staff was so wise, and they said to her you know what, you could teach us a lot in terms of what you've learned. The fact that you've gone through this adversity and come out on the other side with more skills and and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and have matured and grown is something mm-hmm. we would welcome here.
0: Yeah,
1: so, wow. So there are, you know, there are, you know, you know, you just have to, it's not a quick fix and you have to be able to be attuned to your child and mm-hmm. see it through and you have to invest in your own self-care And, but it's never too late. The glimmer of hope is it's never too late. I work with parents who still struggle with their adult children. Mm -hmm. I work with adult children who still struggle with their parents. It's (laughs) right. And it's also not too late for parents to provide self-care so they can manage better themselves. And so, um, you know, so, um, the glimmer of hope is, is there are a lot of, there's so many success stories out there. And, and the key thing is to, you know, to be able to address it.
0: Right. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So we want to let our listeners know that they can learn more about you and your practice at www.parentsjourneycoaching.net. And Andy, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have?
1: Uh, one qu- quick thing. Thanks for asking, and and just I want people to understand what parent coaching is and how it differs okay. from therapy. Yes, because they are different, and they're both they're both um, valuable to parents and to children. Uh, but coaching is 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 facilitating discussions with a client that enables self realization through deepening learning and furthering action. Coaches support clients establishing and reaching their own goals, which are set by the clients themselves. So the the key thing there is it's about deepening learning. Mm -hmm. So it's learning, learning some tools, learning about what works for you and has worked in the past, learning uh, about yourself and your children, and then it's furthering action. It's actually having a specific action plan each week in terms of what you can work on and what you can learn from as you bump into the world um and so i i embrace parent coaching um because i've um i'm a parent of a child who has mental illness i've received parent coaching i've gotten certified as a parent coach and so um and i'm i'm a kind of a unicorn and that i'm a guy
0: so okay. i've got a
1: different voice and a different point of view uh certainly connecting with male parents as well as female parents and and Absolutely. and there's a and The difference between coaching and therapy is is, um, coaching focuses on helping clients change and improve based upon their own experiences and resources to address challenges. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, They tend to be personal, process-oriented, and people-centered. Therapy and counseling, equally valuable but different, helps clients change and improve as well but focuses on causes of mental illness, including diagnosing and prescribing specific treatments. Coaching is a little bit forward thinking, whereas therapy focuses on root causes from prior life experiences. Okay. So they are different depending upon, you know, depending upon what floats your boat. Um, for, and, and the way coaching works, at least in my practice is, is you have a, an initial discussion, just a no obligation initial discussion to see if there's a fit and, Mm -hmm. And if I could be of help, and then there's uh, an intake session where kind of, I find out a little bit more about your relationships, your history, what your goals are, uh, and things like that to set the foundation. And then it's a series of one hour meetings or one hour zoom calls each week, typically that go on for five to seven to 10 weeks that or more that, you know, enabled you to, again, um, Deepen the learning and further the action uh, to come out with a, a you know a, a better family dynamic, and you can't really put a price on family harmony.
0: No, definitely, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for that explanation. And I do just want to um, ask you, like in parent in households with two parents, is it best if both parents participate? Can it can it work if only one parent is yeah. buys in?
1: um it's always best you know idealistically if both parents um
0: are are involved and the reason is
1: is because kids are smarter than you think oh yeah and if parents aren't aligned they'll play one off the other You sure right or they'll um or you know or you know, I work with parents where one parent crosses the other parent and embarrasses the other parent for what they're trying to do to be a good parent. Mm. Right. And so that's the worst thing. So, so, but, but, you know, sometimes parents are like, you know, I need, I need help. My husband is not on board at least right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to navigate him much less my kid.
0: You're right. Right. What
1: what can I do? And, Mm -hmm. And so I've got plenty of, you know, and they're single parent situations that I work with. Sure. They're co parenting situations that I work with. Right? It's not just it's not just uh, the the couple traditional that's married traditionally yeah.
0: to right? um, bio parents, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. wow, lots of dynamics. I I know that there are a lot of parents and caregivers that are very thankful for you and all that um, you do to help them. And as a community member of Cobb County, I'm thankful um, that we've had the opportunity to learn more about you and um, parents journey coaching. And thank you, Andy, so much for taking time to appear with us on Mind Your Mind Speaks.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Listeners, Thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind Speaks podcast. Also, we ask that you leave us a review on Apple. Until next time, remember, there is no health without mental health. Please mind your mind and keep an eye on the loved ones in your lives.